Good morning, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Real World Talks with Lourdes, Natalie, and Kathy. Good morning, ladies. Good morning. So today we actually have a very, very special guest near and dear to my heart. We have our Associate Dean of Alumni at the Chaplin School of Hospitality and Tourism Management, Dean Rocco Angelo. Good morning, Dean Angelo. Good morning, my dear, dear friends. How are you? I miss you all. We miss you. I think that when we introduce Dean Angelo, we have to be like the legendary. You know, like if it has to go right in front of his name. (laughs) I agree. Well, thank you. I don't feel very legendary, but it's nice to be called that. You are a legend, Dean Angelo. Absolutely. So Dean and legend, excuse me, legend Dean Angelo, (laughs) can you please share with our listeners um, a little bit about your background and your humble beginnings within the hospitality industry? Of course, Uh, I'll give you the quick, short version because, you know, I've lived a lot of years, so it's a long life, but uh, I was born in New York City in the section called Greenwich Village, which is an exciting part of New York. I loved my childhood in New York City, in Greenwich Village. Um, When I was about eight or nine, my father owned a restaurant and bar, not too far from where we lived. And of course he worked day and night to see him, we had to be there. And so I would help him sometime take inventory as a youngster but I wanted nothing to do with that business because he worked so hard and I saw what it was like. Uh, First year of high school, my parents took their first vacation and took my brother and me up to a resort in uh, upstate New York in the country, in the mountains, and it was beautiful and I loved it. I was somewhat bored though and I would help. There were all these beautiful young women working in the dining room they were older than I, but I was in love with all of them. And they knew that, and so they'd have me set the tables for them, and I was doing all sorts of things. But when we went back the following summer, uh, the owner asked my parents if I could stay for the summer and help out. She liked me, and uh, uh, my parents said, yes, if he wants to. And I said, yes, I do. And I got paid $10 a week, and I helped in the laundry. I did the laundry, and of course, I wasn't old enough to work, but uh, uh, it was fine. But it was $10 plus room and board, and and, uh, it was excellent. When I was about to go to college, I said to the owner, look, I cannot come back. I really have to get a job where I get more money. And so she said, I'll put you in charge of the dining room. And although she only had women in the dining room, she started, opened it up, and had me as a server and the manager. And, uh, and so I worked there all through my first degree, and it was at Fordham University in New York, uh, where I was a biology major. I was going to become a doctor. And when I was about to go into my junior year, I thought, you know, I do not want this. I didn't have the, the drive for medicine as my classmates did. I could see that. And, uh, And so I just took more biology courses and uh, got a degree in biology. And I thought I'll worry about what I will do later. I had to go in the army. I was an officer. 
I became, I was a commanding officer at 21. And uh, it, uh, I grew up quite fast because I was commanding over well, 350 men, uh, signed for millions of dollars of equipment, anti-aircraft guns and radars and trucks and things. And, uh, and so I grew up quite fast, but I learned a great deal in leadership uh, at that point. It was really the beginning of learning how to deal with problems and how to lead people and manage people. Um, when I, I was about to get out, and let me know if I'm going too long on this, ladies. When I'm about, when I was about to get out of school, out of out of the army, I mean, I went to New York to look for a job, and I called the father and mother of one of my closest friends at Fordham, uh, who happened to be uh, the father happened to be a producer, on, associate producer on Broadway, and uh, I was calling to ask about my classmate. They had heard from him; he was in Korea. And they, uh, the father invited me to a show that evening. And so I went to the theater and uh, met him. And uh, after the show, we went to dinner. And he took me to a famous club in New York for theater people. And a famous actor came in, uh, Edmund Gwen. You may not know him unless you saw the original uh, Miracle on 34th Street. He played Santa Claus in that with a young Natalie Wood. And he sat with us and we talked and he wanted to know what I did. And I said, well, I'm getting out of the army and I have no idea what I'm going to do. And he said to me, have you ever worked? And I said, no. He said, you mean you never washed a dish or delivered a newspaper? And I said, oh my gosh, yeah, I've worked at a a resort for seven summers. And he said, what's wrong with the hotel business? And it was like the lights coming on in the room. I was, I couldn't believe it. I thought, yes, that was fun. You know, I loved it. So I got a job at the 2000 room Commodore in New York City. And that was an interesting experience, 2000 rooms. Uh, And that was in, do I dare tell you, that was like 1955, I guess. And I, they promised me all sorts of things and they were not delivering. I was there about a year and I was unhappy. And a friend of mine said, look, what, why don't you go to the Cornell Hotel School? Well, there were only three hotel schools at that time, Cornell, Michigan State and University of Denver. And uh, he said, you, you know, we talked about that. And I thought, well, I'll try for Cornell. If I can't get in, I won't go at all. I wrote to the dean and he invited me to Cornell and um, he convinced me to apply, and I did, got in, and uh, he became my, one of my mentors, and I thought the world of him. Um, when I graduated from Cornell, I went to work for a chain called Manger Hotels, which doesn't exist anymore uh, in New York City, one of the old, glamorous hotels of the day, the Vanderbilt, which no longer exists either. And from there, I went to work for, uh, after Mang, I went to work for Aramark in Puerto Rico in the Virgin Islands. And then I was hired away by, by uh, Lowe's, 
Uh, and somewhere in between, I worked for Penn Elker Foster, the consulting firm. And uh, with Lowe's, Lowe's was a great experience. I helped open the Lowe's in Puerto Rico and helped work on the Lowe's in New York City, one of the many in New York. Uh, and then I was hired by Lavithal Haworth, another consulting firm, where I loved what I was doing. That's what I thought I was going to be doing up until today. I did feasibility studies in the U.S. and the Caribbean. I did operating efficiencies. I did work at the United Nations. I did tourism strategies for Canada, for the Dominican Republic. Wow. Um, all sorts of incredible opportunities. And I did a lot of work in the Caribbean, and I'd fly through Miami when FIU had just opened in 72. Mm -hmm. And the dean, I knew the dean from my Cornell days, and the associate dean, who then became a dean, Tony Marshall, worked for me at the consulting firm. And uh, I would lecture. So in 72 and 73, I lectured, and then in 74, the dean said, why don't you come and teach for us? And I said, I'll come one semester. And I never left. So I, and that was 46 years ago. <laughs> and it's been, it's been great and I've loved it. But anyway, that is the short version. <laughs> <laughs> that may have been too long. No, no not no. at all. Not at all, Dean Angelo. Thank you so much for sharing that short but amazing version of your vast experience um, within the industry. So, you know, with that being said, um, you you know and you've seen how the pandemic has really affected our industry um, and obviously the opportunities that our current students um, could have, as well as our students that graduated and also our alumni that, you know, are working in the industry. So with that being said, what advice would you give to our current students and our alumni um, during this difficult time? Yes. Uh, you know, these are tough times. They are. And I ache, I truly ache for our uh, graduating students and our alumni. Uh, I've written to almost 200, at least 200 of them. And uh, just say, how are you? What's happening? Some share more than others. Uh, and many of them have lost their jobs. And uh, um, there are some who are still working, which I'm thrilled about. But uh, there are areas, and I've said to a number of them, there are areas related to hotel and food service that we don't usually talk about at the school, but are opportunities. And... Uh, that's in the hospital food service and hospital management. We've had one or two grads in that field. Uh, we have grads in condominium management, in retirement communities. Uh, they all are hotels. Uh, they have hotel services and uh, food and beverage and, and, and uh, uh, recreational facilities, et cetera. So there's a lot of it. Plus, there are skills that one learns in hospitality and in your education at FIU that uh, uh, are transferable. And it was so funny. Yesterday, one of our grads who was in event management who recently lost her job posted, I think it was in on Facebook, uh, LinkedIn. Uh, she posted an article that was from a website 
uh, talking about the transferable skills. And um, I went, I read it and went to it and I thought, yes, of course. And they listed these transferable skills from hospitality and uh, it was teamwork, flexibility, customer service, crisis management, multitasking, endurance, attention to detail, time management, and respect. Uh, and all of these are transferable to so many other businesses. And so my advice to alumni is who are out of jobs, if you can find something, do anything, be, because the industry is coming back. There's no question. It's just when. Uh, and that announcement came out from the Greater Miami, the Beaches Hotel Association this morning that the mayors approved the opening of banquets. I think it's tomorrow. Uh, banquet facilities and hotels will be able to open, which means the event people will be able to get back to work, hopefully. And uh, although space must be at 50% occupancy, but that's okay. It's better than zero. Uh, so things are picking up. But if one can't get back into the field immediately, try something else because you've got the skills that will make you a success in anything you do. Thank you for that wonderful advice, Dean Angelo. So my question You're welcome. Is, <laughs> Um, so every time when I've encountered you or every time we've had a conversation, you've always been very positive. And like you said, you've lived a lot of life and you've been with FIU for over 46 years. Um, my question is what makes you feel inspired or like your best self after all these years? Well, uh, there's no question for me is the students uh, and the alumni. I'm inspired by that. Uh, my, when I first became associate dean, I think it was 1981 or 82, uh, I remember a student who had struggled, came, was graduating, came in to see me uh, to say goodbye. And uh, I, I asked him to sit down and we, what, do you, what is it you're going to do, et cetera. And uh, we talked a bit, and then he, he said to me, uh, you know, I never thought I would go to college. But he said I had a teacher at junior college that uh, convinced me to stay on. I was about to drop out after the first semester, and I was convinced to stay on and take one semester at a time. And I did, and I graduated, and I came to FIU, and... Uh, he said, you know, you were supporting me and, and I, I got through and I'm graduating. Never, ever thought I would graduate. Well, he was so emotional that I was getting emotional. And I thought, if he doesn't get out of here soon, I'm going to be crying because it, I was so moved by it. And I, I thought, my gosh, we really at the school um, play an important role in, in the formative years of of young people and what an obligation it is. And, uh, and, uh, but I was so moved by it that I was involved in, in helping someone who became quite
quite successful, by the way, and, you know, married, had children. And uh, anyway, what, how can one not be moved by that and inspired, you know, to go on? So I'm, I'm inspired by every day by students, by alumni, et cetera. Yesterday, the NABHUD conference is going on right now, you know, the National Association of Black Hotel Owners, Operators, and Developers. And our dean is playing quite a role in the conference. But uh, yesterday, there, three of our alumni have been on the program. Uh, one, the first day, John Lancet from uh, HVS. Yesterday was Michael Dean, who was heads uh, development for Hard Rock Hotels in the United States and Canada. And um, Michael Dean was so marvelous. I said, unfortunately, I missed John Lancet. It was so marvelous. Just I was so proud. <laughs> and uh, listening to him as he, he knew exactly what he was talking about. He was an authority in, in, in his, he's an authority in his field and it showed. And, uh, and so I'm just motivated by that. Oh, I love that, Dean Angelo. And definitely I share your sentiments on that. It's such a rewarding feeling to see students um, succeed in their careers and just hear from them and our alumni too. So I definitely- And, and all of the three of you have a great, I mean, you're responsible for so many students getting their jobs and, you know, you're, you inspire them, you, you advise them and it's marvelous. So- yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure you you get great satisfaction, all of you. Oh, thank you so much. Yes, it's it's definitely rewarding. So I share your sentiments. Um, so my next question, um, in the words of Cher, if I could turn back time. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay. I, I love that song. Yeah. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> so um, if you could actually turn back time, what would you tell your younger self? Well, you know, uh, all through many years, given that I'm a mature senior, uh, people have said, asked me, you know, what if you had your life to live over again, would you make any changes? And and I've thought about that so often. I thought, no, I wouldn't change a thing. I wouldn't change anything. Everything fell into place as to how it should. You know, I, I tripped a few times and every young person does. Uh, and I got up and moved on. And uh, so I don't know if I would have advised myself, you know, as a youngster, uh, a younger me advised me to do anything different. And I feel that way about students who come in for advice and even alumni. I, I continue to advise some of our people who have graduated and uh, uh, I've never, I learned early on to get them to ask them questions, to get them to make the decision for themselves. And uh, I think only once that I was adamant 
uh, with a grad. And it's a story that he has told, so I can tell it. I won't mention his name, but I can tell it. But I remember he came in, he had worked all through school at a hotel that was what we call um, a limited service or select service, they call it today. And no food and beverage, very limited and uh, mostly hotel rooms. And he thought he should be working in a deluxe, get experience in a deluxe property. So he was offered a job, permanent job by the people for whom he was working. And it was a great offer. It was good money. And he turned it down. And I knew the owners and they called me and they said, Rocco, can you talk to this guy? And I said, well, I'll ask him what he's going to do, but I'm not going to tell him he's got to take your job. So he came in to see me, the graduating student. And uh, I said to him, tell me what it is you're going to be doing. And he said, well, you know, I've been working at this hotel, but I really want luxury experience. And I'm moving to New York and I got a job at at this hotel in New York, one of the outstanding hotels in New York. And, and I said, great. And so, well, congratulations and all of that. And I, I asked him about the other company and yeah, he said, I did have this good offer, but I really feel I need this experience to round out my background. And he was about to leave and I, I remembered he was married. And I said, um, wait a minute, you're married, aren't you? Where are you gonna live in New York? It's so expensive. And he said, oh, my wife is going to stay. My wife is expecting our first child. She's going to stay with her mother in Miami, and I'm moving to New York. And I said, wait a minute. Come back. Sit down. (laughs) And I said, you can't do that. It's your first child. She's going to be worried about you. You're going to be living in a furnished room somewhere, probably in Queens or Brooklyn, taking the subway at 3 in the morning. Um, And I said, you just it's, it's the wrong thing to do. And uh, he said to me, uh, but don't you think I should be doing this? I said, no, someone has got to be the president of one of these companies. And uh, anyway, we talked a little bit more and I was quite adamant with him. I said, you cannot, are you happily married? He said, yes. I said, and you want to keep this marriage together and you want to have a family. you it's the wrong thing for you to do right now. And so he took my advice and he stayed with the company and he eventually became president of it. Wow. <laughs> and when he did become president, he called me and said, guess what? <laughs> you know, this was like eight or nine, 10 years later, you know, he said, guess what? Uh, you, you knew exactly what was going to happen. Well, I was lucky, I guess, but, uh, So that's the only time I was adamant that someone should do something or not do something. Okay. So basically you wouldn't have changed anything in your life. I wouldn't have changed anything, no. And I don't believe in, uh, I believe in helping students decide what they, what's right for them by helping by, even though you may know you want to bring them to the same point you're at Mm and having them do it. On their own. I agree. I agree. 
So you recently celebrated your birthday. Happy belated <laughs> oh, birthday, Dean Angelo. Thank you so much. Thank you. <laughs> and I remember you told me that every year for your birthday, you go out of town, whether it's out of state or in, go out international, uh, yes. internationally. So I know, like you said, you've lived a lot of life. You've traveled a lot of places. So I wanted to know what are the th top three places you've traveled to and why? Well, you know, I went to Italy, number one. I went to Italy because my great-grandparents came from Italy. And uh, it's a, a place I always wanted to see. I've read a great deal about it, so many movies. And so uh, back in 1960, I think it was, uh, I had just left a job and they gave me a big bonus and I thought, mm, I'm going to spend it. So I went, I flew to Rome and I stayed in Italy, oh, almost four months. Uh, I spent all the money I had and uh, I just traveled around. I stayed in all levels of hotels, um, but where the first hotel I stayed at, I, I met the manager and I had him recommend the next hotel. And I just loved it because of, of the, the history, the art. And now there's a highway from the airport to get into Rome. But I remember in 1960, that highway didn't exist. And I was on the Appian Way, which goes back to ancient Rome when that's I thought, I'm traveling from the airport into Rome on the road that Roman legions coming back from conquering faraway places were walking on. And it was just so thrilling and exciting uh, to be there, to go to the Vatican and uh, just everything about it. Uh, so that was number one. Number two, uh, Two years after I arrived at FIU, I was asked to go to Switzerland uh, to teach at a school. And I, I took leave of absence from the FIU and I went there. And I loved it. I just loved it. It was in Montreux, the French part of Switzerland. And uh, I had, they gave me a lovely apartment overlooking Lake Geneva. And I traveled a great deal while I was there because I only taught two days a week. And uh, it was the most charming and great experience. I met fabulous people, made very good friends. I remained on the board of that school for a number of years and had to go back uh, for meetings twice a year. Uh, and uh, anyway, Switzerland is every turn in the road is a picture postcard in Switzerland. Uh, it's beautiful. I loved going to uh, the uh, to not Lucerne. Yeah, I love going to Lucerne, but also to uh, oh, where the cheese. Uh, blah, 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 blah. That terrible. I can't think of the name. Gruyere. Gruyere. Uh, it's a medieval town on top of a. It's on a plateau. And you're not allowed to drive into the town. You have to park your car outside and walk on the cobblestone streets. And oh my gosh, it was fabulous. So I love Switzerland. And then finally, the Caribbean in general. I lived there 
And uh, I lived on St. Croix. I loved it. Uh, things are probably uh, rougher today in, uh, you know, economically. Uh, but I just loved the people I met. Uh, I felt very much at home on St. Croix and Puerto Rico. And, um, it, you know, I just have fond memories. And I still have very good friends. Uh, in fact, friends of mine from Puerto Rico sent me a, a note the other day saying they found these pictures, movie pictures. They took out the old camera and started playing them. Uh, not the camera, but the projector. And uh, they said, my gosh, uh, it goes back a long time at their uh, anniversary. And when three of their daughters, each of them were married, et cetera, I went to all the weddings. And anyway, so I have great memories of Italy, Switzerland, and the Caribbean. Thank you for sharing that, Dean Angelo. So I am truly like my happy place was two places is New York um, from me living there and then also the Caribbean. So I always joke around and say like I'm an island gal. So I love like the beach and everything like that. But Italy and Switzerland are my top two destinations, whatever this COVID comes down a little bit. So definitely thank you for sharing um, those great locations and also the actual different things within each city. Um, so kind of going into our fun kind of kind of kind of kicker question that we like to ask if you could have dinner with three people dead or alive who would they be and why well i'm a hotelie i'm a hotel person through and through that's uh, i fell in love with hotels and um, i'm happy when i'm in hotels uh in fact, I, you, I tell family and friends, if I had the money, I would live in a hotel. Uh, that's how much I enjoy being in one. But so hotel people are obviously on this list for me. And the first one would be, well, not necessarily in this order, but Ellsworth M. Statler, E. M. Statler, who is considered the father of the modern American hotel and modern I guess a few years back, modern. But he was a unique individual. He saw so many things. He was the first one to uh, have every hotel with an indoor bathroom, uh, a bathroom in every room. First hotel in the United States. Uh, he did things like raise the the door a bit so a newspaper could be slipped under the door every morning. He had a third faucet that had ice water. So there was hot, cold, and ice water coming out of a third faucet. And in fact, what is interesting is if you go to the breakers in Palm Beach and stay in one of the old rooms, you'll, you'll see there's still a third faucet there. You know, he was the one who first to do that initially. Uh, and oh, on and on and on with so many things. He he had his door, the door to the bedroom uh, was a uh, a closet actually with entrances that you could open it from inside the rest, inside the room or from outside. And the purpose of it was to put the laundry in there so the valet didn't have to knock on your door and bother you. 
if you called and said, I have shirts to be picked up, you put it in that cubicle and the, the valet had the, a key to open it from the other side and take it out without disturbing you. And of course, that's an expensive thing to kind of do uh, today. So we don't really see that. But there were so many firsts that this man created. Uh, he was always thinking how to best serve the guest. Second one, of course, is Con not of course, but second one is Conrad Hilton, who really was the first one to build a chain uh, of hotels that became recognized. He was, uh, along with Intercontinental, one of the first, the first ones to become international. Uh, he also was the one who sold the international division and. I'd love to have dinner with him if he was still alive, just to ask him, why in the world did you do that? They eventually repurchased the international division. Now it's, still, now it's part of Hilton again. But at one point he got rid of it and it could have been that he needed the cash because it, it, they were all lucrative properties. The third would be the current Bill Marriott who was still alive. Uh, I met his father. Uh, who started the company, uh, Mr. Marriott and his wife, uh, the mother and father of the, of the current chairman, Bill Marriott, came to Puerto Rico when I was there with one of my Cornell classmates who was one of the first managers for Marriott, a uh, guy by the name of Buzz Ryan. And Buzz called me and said, Rocco, I'm in town with Mr. and Mrs. Marriott, would you like to have lunch? So I had lunch with them and uh, they were delightful people. And the father said to me, uh, asked me if I ever traveled to Washington. I said, occasionally, and he said, please stay with us. And I was so honored, you know, I wrote him a note and thanked him. And uh, when he passed away, I wrote, to the current Mr. Marriott, Bill Marriott, and uh, told him that story. And I said, I was sorry, I never took him up on it. I would have liked to have known him better. But the son is an extraordinary person. And I would love, I've met him, but I would love to spend time with him. And that's it, my, my three, all hotels, all hoteliers. I love it. Thank you so much for sharing. Um, that information with us, Dean Angelo. And thank you so much for taking the time to speak with us. This has been fun. <laughs> well, it's not over. You're in for some more fun. Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> so now we're actually going to play a little game with you, um, which is called This or That. And um, Natalie will be asking you nine questions and provide two options for those questions. And you'll go ahead and share with us which option you prefer more. And you'll have 10 seconds to answer each question. Okay. This is like a psych psychological thing. <laughs> <laughs> There's no right or wrong answer. No? Yeah, of course. <laughs> Are you ready, Dean Angela? Yes, I'm ready. All right. So your first question, your first question, it's pretty, it's pretty easy. I, I think I know wh which one you're going to go for. So would you prefer to go on a one-week vacation to Paris or Italy? Oh, dear. That's a tough one. But 
because I love Paris as one of the most beautiful cities in the world, but I think I'll go to Italy. Yes. Okay. Your next one is, would you prefer going to an Elvis Presley concert or a Frank Sinatra concert? Frank Sinatra. <laughs> okay. Would you- I, I, didn't ha- I didn't hesitate. <laughs> I Although I like, I like Elvis. I like him, but I'll take Frank first. <laughs> so next one is, would you prefer to dance on Dancing with the Stars or sing on American Idol? Uh, Dancing with the Stars. Okay. I could run circles around those people. (laughs) I believe it. (laughs) Love it. Okay. Would you prefer lunch with Dean Newman or dinner with Dean Chang? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's not fair. (laughs) That's not fair. Well, I want to have lunch with Dean Newman. (laughs) Okay. You know, she picked you too on her um, interview. Oh, she did. (laughs) I mean, I think the world of Dean Chang, too, but I, I'll have lunch with Dean Newman. No problem. Okay, so I know you're very cautious about what you eat, and you have a sweet tooth. So right now, yeah. do you prefer a piece of chocolate or a piece of cake? Oh, chocolate. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. I'm a chocolate. I Chocoholic. <laughs> do you prefer to have a $300 gift card to Whole Foods or... A three hundred dollar gift card to Trader Joe's. Uh, well, the Trader Joe's here, the one I know down south, I wouldn't. That was not my favorite, uh, so I'll take Whole Foods. Okay, okay. Would you rather charter a luxury yacht through the Hudson River with friends, or through the Florida Keys with friends? I think the Hudson River. Mm, okay okay nothing I, like the new york scene, scenery oh okay from, from the from the river from the ship it's beautiful okay so this one would be easy if you're like a strong introvert or extrovert would you rather lose the ability to read or lose the ability to speak oh lose the ability to read or the ability to speak i think to read Okay. Okay. Hmm. Okay. Last question. You have three options, actually. If you were a superhero and you had superpowers, would you prefer to read minds, to fly, or to be invisible? Read minds, fly, or invisible. Uh, I, you know, I was just when you were starting to say it, I was seeing myself in the Superman costume. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, with a big S in the front on a cape. All right. I think I'd love to fly. Okay, Dean. All right, Dean Angelo, that's the end of our game. Wow, that was easy. <laughs> yes, I told you it was easy. <laughs> oh, I was starting to perspire thinking I was going to get a grade. <laughs> oh, oh, painless. Anyway, thank you so much. No, thank for you me for this opportunity. No, we, it's an honor for us to have you on here, Dean Angelo. Thank you so much for taking the time. And enjoy your pasta lunch or dinner, <laughs> whatever you have it. You too enjoy your pasta dinner as well. And for our listeners, tune in next week and we will catch up with all of you soon. Have a wonderful day. Stay safe. Thank you.
Bye. Bye. Bye.